Hey everyone, it's Greg again. Welcome to See It or Shove It. I'm here again this week to give you my thoughts on the selection of new movies playing in theaters and streaming on your TV. Also this week, I give my thoughts on a streaming series in the segment Binge It or Singe It. For our featured movies this week, director Ty West returns with Pearl, a young woman tries to find fame in On the Come Up, David Bowie gets the documentary treatment in Moon Age Daydream, Three Children are sent to safety in World War II in Railway Children, and Florence Pugh and Harry Styles find much to worry about in Don't Worry Darling. It's another very busy week for movies, so let's get started. In 1918, a young murderous woman is desperate to escape her boring life on the farm where she takes care of her ailing elderly father. This is Pearl. I know what I've done. Bad things. Terrible, awful, murderous things. Help me! I want to be loved from as many people as possible. But truth is, I'm not really a good person. This film is a prequel to the very good horror film X, which was released earlier this year. Pearl tells the backstory of how she grew up with dreams of being a star, stuck in a farmhouse ordered by her strict mother to take care of her paralyzed father, Pearl has dreams of being a famous celebrity. One afternoon, she visits the local cinema where she meets an attractive projectionist who shows her not only the latest movies, but also some underground porn films. She takes a liking to him, but initially stops anything from happening since she is married and her husband is away fighting in World War I. The projectionist encourages Pearl to follow her dream, but in order to do that, she would have to kill her parents so that she was able to leave. With a traveling show coming to town to conduct auditions for new dancers, Pearl has to decide how to get rid of her parents in time to make it to the audition. Will she choose family over fame? Or will she kill her parents so she can escape? I give this film a... See it. I really enjoyed X when it was released earlier this year, and I enjoyed this film as well. Both films had the tone for the era in which they were set. Mia Goth plays Pearl with the same intensity as she did in the previous film. She can go from funny to terrifying within a second. The plot moved along very well and had some interesting frights and twists. The happy, perfect, hokey farm atmosphere juxtaposed with the horror elements made for a very interesting watch. If you are looking for a good horror double feature as Halloween approaches, this and X may be for you. Although I still can't decide which order would be best to watch them in. I guess I'd go with X first, so you don't ruin any surprises. Next, a 16-year-old with dreams of becoming a famous rapper must overcome the hurdles of life in order to succeed. This is On The Come Up. I lost my job. What are we going to do about Brie? I'm looking for work. Bree, listen. If you want to make it, it's going to take more than the ring. See, making hits, that's what I do. You got it, didn't you? The right song at the right time. And boom. You're going to be on the come up. 
In this film, actress Jamila Gray plays 16-year-old Bree, a teenager living in poverty with her recovering addict mother, played by the film's director, Sanaa Lathan, who is struggling to make ends meet following the murder of Bree's father, fictional legendary rapper Lawless. Bree spends time with her Aunt Pooh, played by Divine Joy Randolph, where she takes her to local rap battles in hopes of helping Bree get her big break. The only problem is that Pooh is involved in gang activity and that stands in the way of Bree's success. One day at school, Bree is severely manhandled by the school resource officer for selling a bag of Skittles to a classmate and is suspended for violating school policy. While on suspension, Bree wins a rap battle and is discovered by manager Supreme, played by rapper Method Man, who promises her a career in the spotlight. Can this come true for Bree, or will she sell her soul for success? I give this film a... See it. About a third of the way through the movie, I turned to my pal and said, This reminds me of The Hate You Give, which is an incredible film from 2018 and was one of my top five favorites that year. Watch it if you can. It turns out the reason it reminded me of that film is because the source material is a novel written by the same author of The Hate You Give, Angie Thomas. She seems to really have a pulse on the struggles of black teenage youth, especially girls. And while On the Come Up isn't as riveting to me as the former film was, it is still entertaining enough to hold my interest. The acting was all decent, and the story moved along nicely. I was rooting for Bree's success and was invested in her story. If you like watching films about the struggles of today's youth, you'll probably enjoy this one. Entertainment icon David Bowie spent his career giving fans a barrage of his talent. When he died in early 2016, he left behind a legacy worth exploring. This is Moon Age Daydream. Are you there, David? You're aware of a deeper existence. Are you there, David? Are you there, David? Maybe a temporary reassurance that, indeed, there is no beginning, no end. Find yourself struggling to comprehend a deep mystery. In this documentary, director Brett Morgan dives deep into David Bowie's psyche by exploring his influence in the worlds of music, art, politics, and gender fluidity. The film opens with footage from the Ziggy Stardust era and explores the uniqueness of the Bowie aura. With concert footage intertwined with interview footage of Bowie himself, Morgan takes the audience on a journey through Bowie's life and struggles. We learn of family influence on Bowie, as well as his views on love and happiness. The journey of David Bowie in the words of the legend himself. I give this film a... See it! Simply put, this is one of the most stunning music documentaries I've ever seen. I love a good documentary, and this is a great one. Morgan does something fucking incredible here. There are no interviews with people who knew him. There are no voiceovers by anyone other than Bowie. The entire movie is pieced together by concert footage, home movies, graphics, and interview footage, 
with a musical score playing the entire time. It is an incredible theatrical experience, and I can only imagine how long it took Morgan to curate each piece of footage to tell the narrative in a cohesive fashion. At 2 hours and 15 minutes, this film flew by, and I was captivated by every minute. And those of you who've been listening all along know how much I love sarcastic, long movies. It was visually and aurally stunning, and it should be seen on the big screen if you can. I wouldn't consider myself a huge David Bowie fan, other than enjoying his most successful mainstream songs such as Let's Dance, Modern Love, Heroes, and Changes. Although I do remember going to see and loving the film Labyrinth when I was a child. But this film made me want to listen to more of him to get the entire David Bowie experience. In seeing the concert footage, I left the film wondering what he would have been able to do in his prime if he did theatrical concert experiences like those that were introduced by Madonna with her Blonde Ambition tour in 1990, as well as all of her tours thereafter, and continue today with artists like Lady Gaga. I bet he would have put on an amazing show. Bowie says in the film that he never wanted to waste a single day, and director Brett Morgan doesn't waste a single minute. I imagine this film would be an awesome experience for a diehard Bowie fan, and I highly recommend it. In 1944, British mothers evacuated their children via trains and sent them to safer locations while they waited out the war. For a trio of siblings, they had no idea what adventures they'd soon face. This is Railway Children. So in an hideout, soldier spy. He's in there. Stay back. Are you German? No, I'm on your side. I'm Abe. I can't talk about it, but I'm on a secret mission. If you tell anyone, you're putting me and yourselves in danger. What, the captures hiding him? We can't give him up. During the Second World War, the Watts siblings, Lily, Patty, and Ted, are sent from Manchester to the village of Oakworth, where Bobby Waterbury, her daughter Annie, and her 13-year-old son Thomas greet them, along with the dozens of other children on their train. The children are selected by local families who agree to give them shelter during the war. However, no one selects the Watts children because of their request to not separate the siblings. Bobby agrees to take them in, and the kids quickly begin to feel at home and get along with Thomas. One day, Thomas brings his new friends to a secret hideout where they discover a black American soldier named Abe hiding. Abe is injured and is trying to escape torment at the hands of his own army due to the color of his skin. The kids all agree to help him hide out and escape back to his family in America. Can they get him out of the country without getting caught? I give this film a mild see it. I debated on this one, but I didn't want to be the douchebag curmudgeon that was harping on a nice family film. So, listen, the film was fine. It was a nice, hokey family film and is a sequel of sorts to the 1970 British film of the same name. In fact, the woman who plays Bobby, Jenny Aguter, reprises her role from the previous film. My only issue with the film is it had the feeling of something you'd easily find on the Hallmark Channel or a direct-to-Netflix film. It seemed several generations away from being something you'd spend your time or money on going to the theater to see. 
But again, that's not to say it wasn't enjoyable, and I would recommend it to anyone who likes that kind of stuff, you know, like Hallmark movies. But honestly, I would watch it when it comes to streaming. I wouldn't spend your money on it in the theater. Finally, a woman in a 1950s suburban utopia begins to suspect something is amiss. This is Don't Worry, Darling. Everyone is acting like I'm crazy. Not crazy. Our life together. We could lose this. I don't trust it. And I don't want to be here anymore. When we first meet Alice, played by the phenomenal Academy Award-nominated Florence Pugh, We see she lives an ideal life with her husband Jack, played by international superstar Harry Styles. As the seemingly only childless couple in their neighborhood, they enjoy a carefree life filled with freedom, sex, and booze. Jack works for the super-secret development Victory Project. Tucked away behind the hills, the company's headquarters are off-limits to the women of the town, and instead they are relegated to spending their days shopping, taking ballet classes, doing housework, and listening to a radio show hosted by Victory Project founder Frank, played by Chris Pine. Everything seems fine and dandy until Alice notices strange things starting to happen. Her neighbor, Margaret, begins having a mental breakdown, a plane crashes in the distance, and Alice begins to have bizarre visions. When she realizes it is beyond simple paranoia, Alice begins a quest to find out the truth behind the Victory Project, even if it means risking her marriage and her life. I give this film a... Mild see it. Okay, listen. This film is getting skewered by critics. And honestly, it was like the film I most wanted to see this fall. It looks so intriguing. But... I think a lot of the bad reviews it's getting is trying to kick the shit out of director and co-star Olivia Wilde, who has had controversy surrounding this film for more than a year following her ending her relationship with Ted Lasso star Jason Sudeikis and then quickly developing a relationship with Harry Styles on set. Then it came out that this all caused tension with Florence Pugh, who has refused to do any publicity for the film. And add to it the recent news involving Wilde's honesty regarding the termination of original star Shia LaBeouf. The entire thing has been a public relations clusterfuck. This has overshadowed that Wilde has made a good, compelling movie. It's not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. There are way too many questions left unanswered and stretches of time not spent moving the story forward. But it was interesting enough to hold my attention throughout. And my God, if Florence Pugh doesn't win an Academy Award someday, that would be a shame. She is excellent here as Alice begins to piece things together while trying to maintain her sanity. So, is it a great movie? No. But it is certainly better than the reviews are indicating. If it piques your interest, give it a shot. That's it for this week's featured films. To recap, Pearl is in theaters now and is a see it. On the Come Up is in theaters and streaming on Paramount Plus and is a see it. 
Moon Age Daydream is in theaters now and is a see it, and it's also my pick of the week. Railway Children is in theaters now and is a mild see it. I'd wait to watch it at home, though. And Don't Worry Darling is in theaters now and is also a mild see it. Now it's time for my lightning round reviews of some additional movies in my segment called Quick Picks. I Love My Dad, starring Patton Oswalt, about a man who catfishes his own son, is available for rent and is a shove-it. I have never been so physically uncomfortable and pissed off while watching a film as I was for this one. The fact that it was inspired by the director's own experience makes it even more cringy. And the confusing and not very scary Speak No Evil is streaming on Shudder and is a shove-it. Now, let's move on to Binge It or Singe It. Superstar Chris Pratt plays Lieutenant Commander James Reese in the Amazon Prime series based on the books by Jack Carr. This is The Terminal List. Oh, tell me what happened. Somebody fed us bad intel. This is set up. If I'm right, we need to act on this. Any names? If there's a connection to you and your men, I'll find it. Answers or blood? Reese is a Navy SEAL on a covert mission when he is ambushed along with the rest of his colleagues. He and another man named Boozer are the only two to survive the ambush and later return home with confusion and fuzzy memories about what happened. When Boozer takes his own life days later, Reese begins to question his involvement in the ambush and begins trying to piece together the events. Soon after, he begins to be hunted by masked men who are out to get him and his family. However, Reese begins to question whether there are forces working against him, or if it is he who is doing all this terrorizing. I give this series a singe it. The first few episodes were very exciting and highly bingeable, but like a lot of series I've been watching lately, they don't have a solid storyline, and this one overstayed its welcome. Pratt was fine in a role that is typical for him. You know, high levels of machismo and desperation. And I wish there was more of Riley Keough, who is just about great in everything she does. She also happens to be Elvis Presley's granddaughter. Not that that has anything to do with her talent, but it's a fun tidbit. Anyway, back to the show. The wheels start coming off the story midway through, and after episode six or so, I just wanted it to end. I know this is based on a book series, and I'm sure there are more stories to tell. I'm just not sure I want to see any of them. But if you enjoy standard action shows that don't have much depth, you may enjoy this one. Just don't get your hopes up for anything new to the genre. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much for lending me your ears today. I'm thankful. Support your local theaters by going to see some of the movies I reviewed this month. And while you're at it, share my podcast with anyone you think would enjoy it. I appreciate all of your support. Come back next week for another helping of reviews of the latest films in theaters and on streaming services, including the Billy Eichner comedy Bros, Those Three Witches Return for Hocus Pocus 2, and the horror film Smile gets things brewing for Halloween season. 
Also, weather permitting, there is a hurricane brewing out in the Gulf right now. I'm going to attend a mystery movie showing at my local Regal on Monday night. It's a movie that is yet to be released, and I have no idea what it is. If I make it to the screening, I'll let you know what it was. Follow me on Instagram at BrewstersDad73 and rate me wherever you get your podcast. Have a good week, everyone. I'll catch you next time. This episode of See It or Shove It was recorded in Orlando, Florida and is produced by Gregory G. Productions. Music by Mysterio Music. All rights reserved.